The Torah content from now through Pesach has been sponsored by the Kofsky family in loving memory of Adira, who loved big ideas and asking big questions. Hello, I'm Rabbi Imagine Weiss, and this is the Stoke Jew podcast where we explore the relationship between Judaism and Stoicism. Uh, today's reading is from Marcus Aurelius Meditations, book four, chapters seven and eight. Uh, the reason why I'm laughing, should I talk about this before I read this? Yeah, so the reason why I am recording, or why I'm laughing, I mean, and recording, is because um, I, uh, this is, so I, yeah, <laughs> okay, let me start again. We're not, we're not going to do this over. Um, the last episode I made was uh, on Sunday, and that was <laughs> clearly made due to the, uh, the, you know, crazy experience that I had on Mote Shabbos. And then the, the um, episode I made before that was uh, on my uh, return to New York. So this is really the first episode that I'm making in New York, uh, today was the first day of our summer program, and uh, and you know I was thinking about making an episode for tomorrow, and like I uh, I had you know the 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 text that I wanted, and I had the um, you know some of the supplemental uh, things, and I was like um, you know I was it's right now it's a eight twenty p.m. on Monday night, uh, and I was like trying to put it together, and then suddenly I realized I had this like this stress about it. I had this uh, this feeling in my uh, upper chest of like, of like preparing a shear. And that really alarmed me because uh, most, for most of the Stoke Jew podcast history, it has not felt like that. Really, I mean, this is where I, uh, I'm, you know, playing with Torah. This is where I am uh, exploring on my own. Uh, and it has not felt like a shear. It certainly hasn't felt like a shear over the summer, you know, um, and, uh, and, and the, not these last two episodes either. And I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's in my, if it's my mood or if it's the fact that like, I'm back in this, like, uh, in, you know, today was the first day I put on my Rabbi Schneeweiss uniform, uh, and like went and gave shear and like had zoom. And so I don't know if it's, I'm in that mode, but I had this feeling of like, okay, I got it. I got to like prepare shear and that's not good. And so, so I kind of was faced with this choice of, do I like lean into that and, um, and like prepare this next episode as a shear, which by the way, it will turn out great. I think I'm confident and I'm sure I can put together a good shear or do I just like force myself, uh, to record right now and just whatever happens, happens. Uh, and so what I did is I made that second choice to just override it. And so I just grabbed my phone and started recording. Uh, and so that, that's why I was laughing as I was recording because it was kind of a, uh, like you realize the mic is on. Okay. So, so the thing I wanted to talk about, I was thinking, uh, about returning to the basics, you know, it's always a good thing to do for every once in a while. So um, the first reading I want to focus on is a, is a very basic Stoic teaching from Marcus Aurelius in 4.7. Get rid of the judgment and you are rid of the I am hurt. Get rid of the I am hurt and you are rid of the hurt itself. Okay, now there's a lot there, but what I wanted to pair this with is something that I can't remember if I mentioned this in other episodes, but uh, I learned this from Tara Brock. She's quoting uh, another Chacham. Um, and she's quoted this in many of her books. Um, I'm going to be quoting from uh, Trusting the Gold, which is her new book, which, again, I, uh, I, I think is not for uh, that's not one I would recommend. But um, so she quotes one of her teachers named Joseph. Oh, sorry, sorry. I'm getting this mixed up. First, let me start with a quote from one of her teachers. OK, Joseph Goldstein. So he says <laughs> the line. It's a great line. Every time I think there's a problem, I decide there isn't one. Now, on the surface, if you don't explain it, that just sounds like like lunacy. It sounds like you're just denying reality, right? If any, anytime I think there's a problem, I decide there isn't one. But then Tarbrock explains, 
She says, I have found the, that simple guideline to be helpful in so many situations. When we label some situation as a problem, we easily get caught inside our small self. The mind tightens and we see uh, only we see things only from one perspective. But when we can let go of that negative frame, we can begin to unwind our stories and conclusions and start seeing a situation with a fresh perspective. So the what he's really saying is uh, is that when he thinks that there is a problem, what he really is catching himself doing is creating a narrative uh, uh, about that problem, a narrative of suffering. And that's what he's deciding doesn't exist. So it's not it's not the phenomenon itself that he's denying. He's not denying reality. He's denying the narrative that he's weaving around himself. So, so she explains this in another book. And I wanted to quote the one from Radical Compassion, I think. I can't keep track of the books anymore. Uh, but I just found this one on a blog post. So Wiseman spoke of uh, two arrows, like bow and arrow type arrows. The first arrow is the natural experience that arises in this human animal that we are. For example, fear, aggression, greed, craving. The second arrow is self-aversion for the fact of the first arrow. We have the experience of being nasty, selfish, or greedy, and we don't like ourselves for that. That's the second arrow. The wise man says, the first arrow hurts us. Why do we shoot the second arrow into, into, into us, into ourselves? And yet we do. He goes on to say, in life, we cannot always control the first arrow. However, the second arrow is our reaction to the first. The second arrow is optional. The first arrow arises from causes and conditions beyond our control, but when we learn to release the judgment and self-blame that we experience in response to the first arrow, the second arrow becomes completely avoidable. So the, uh, again, she's, I, I like the version in the other book better. I just can't find it right now, and I'm, I'm making this uh, spontaneously, so we're going to go with the flow. In the other version, I think she says the first arrow is what happens to us, and then the second arrow is how we react to what happens to us or the narrative we weave around ourselves. And that's why I'm connecting it to the, the this thing of every time I think there's a problem, I decide that there isn't one. That's basically saying that I don't have to write this narrative. I don't have to frame, there is something happening to me. You know, I'm facing some sort of, uh, of, of something, uh, but I don't have to weave this narrative. Certainly not a narrative of, uh, of a victim of victimhood and suffering. And, uh, and this is really what Marcus Aurelius was saying when he said, um, get rid of the judgment and you are rid of the I am hurt. So the judgment he's talking about is the judgment. He might be speaking in a more broader, in a broader Epictetus type way of the impression you form of what's happening in terms of the externals. But for our purposes, we're focusing on the the the, the narrative about yourself, and that's why he's saying the result is that you get rid of the "I am hurt." Okay, uh, and then this next point: get rid of the "I am hurt," and you are rid of the hurt itself. So that connects to the very next. Uh, um, uh, chapter in four eight. What does not make a man worse than he was, neither makes his life worse than it was, nor hurts him without or within. So that again is realizing that these things that you weave these narratives about are not good or bad, because they don't make you better or worse. And again, we've we've examined this idea in Stoicism a lot, uh, and in Torah, you know, really all you we do hold that there's an objective good, but really you can't control the objective good. You can control being bocher batov, choosing the good. You know, but all you can do is choose. You can't just reach out and grab the good. It's not always available, you know. So I have an example of this that happened last night. And um, and again, you got to start with the small examples. And as I mentioned, uh, you know, two episodes ago, the I'm working on on internalizing this. The obstacle is the way. OK, uh, again, I'm reading this from my coin. The impediment to action advances action. What stands in the way becomes the way. So uh, last uh, yesterday was the wedding of my, uh, as I mentioned yes, uh, in yesterday's dedication, uh, my dear friend Isaac and uh, and my uh, my uh, my my Tommy Da <laughs> Aviva, and uh, it was a spectacular wedding. 
so joyous in every way. And uh, it, the wedding did not end late. And it was uh, right around the corner. So I walked home. And I don't know if it was the jet lag or if it was the being hopped up on the joy of the wedding or if it was because of the uh the remnants of alcohol in my system that that you know um that were still there i was not you know i had my last drink a long time before i came home but uh um you know but the alcohol was still affecting me i guess in in some ways uh it may have been that it might have also been the fact that i was going to be starting teaching today you know the, the next morning Whatever these factors were, I found myself uh, in, with a case of insomnia, and not the kind of insomnia I usually have. Usually, my insomnia is I have no trouble falling asleep, but then I wake up in the wee hours of the morning and I can't fall asleep again until you know. But this time, I was just in bed, and I maybe because of the <laughs> of how joyous the wedding was, and because I was so present at the wedding, um, that I was not upset about the insomnia. And it was very interesting because I had my air conditioning on and I had my cool blankets and I was just comfortable in bed. And, uh, you know, there was a certain, there's a certain period where you're trying, you know, you're, you're trying to go to sleep and, uh, and then you start to realize, oh, I'm not falling asleep. And I was just ex being present in bed, enjoying the cool sensations of the blanket. Then my mind moved on to thinking and not obsessive thinking uh, and not obsessive feeling, just thinking, thinking back to the, uh, over the day, thinking about the future, but not in an obsessive way. And then I noticed I was having insomnia. And again, for some reason, I just I got, you know, I'm, I was fortunate that I was in the right frame of mind, but I did not weave a narrative of suffering around it. I didn't say this. Oh, man, like I'm getting insomnia and it's the day before I teach. And, you know, there was this stress because, you know, this is not just our yeshiva's program. There's a, a, another yeshiva that is a, a joint program and there's local high school students. And I didn't want to, you know, be at a suboptimal state when I gave sheer. And I was like, what's going to happen, you know? Um, but, but, uh, but I did not have that anxiety for some strange reason. Uh, like I didn't have that, that narrative of suffering of, of, of that. I saw it, I saw it almost at, at a distance of like, oh yeah, that's something that I ordinarily would be doing and I'm not doing it. I'm not having, I'm not, I'm not shooting that second arrow into myself and that made me happy. And then more time went on, but <laughs> I still wasn't asleep. Uh, and, uh, I looked at the, uh, the clock and it was, um, it was uh, 2 a.m. So I said, okay, you know what? I'm going to get out. Of, I'm going to do what they say to do. Get out of bed and read in a different location. So I got out of bed uh, and then I picked up a Bruce Lee book that I had started reading uh, a, a while ago. And then somehow like at the end of the, in spring, I, I, it got buried under stuff and I, I just forgot about its existence. So I opened up to the, the bookmark uh, where, uh, you know, where I left off reading, which again, I don't, I did not remember um, you know, I didn't remember where I was, so I opened it up, and lo and behold, what is the title? What is the chapter called? It's called the obstacle. And what's the subject of the chapter? It's about making the obstacle into the way. And what what was the shear that I was going to be giving shear on in the morning? It was about the obstacle is the way. So here I find myself again laughing that I had this obstacle of insomnia, which I did not relate to as an obstacle. Again, that I can't take credit for. That just came together. I got up. You know, and the only anxiety at the at the fringes of my mind were, was about giving this sheer on the topic of the obstacle being the way. And then I opened this book and there's this chapter about the obstacles, the way from Bruce Lee. And uh, and I read that and it just was great <laughs> and it was good. And, and, and then at the end, I had this feeling of like, this was not bad. Why was it not bad? Because what does not make a man worse than he was, neither makes his life worse than it was, nor hurts him without nor within. And... Yeah, insomnia is annoying, and like, 
And and does it have real effects? Yeah, it does have real effects. Like I I did end up getting I think two hours of sleep, uh, and uh, and like I was tired the next day. But you know, even as I was falling asleep, even when I stopped reading at like three or whatever, and I, I got back into bed, and was uh, still tossing and turning a little bit, I realized like no, this could be to my advantage. Like like what if I'm not as sharp tomorrow when I give this cheer? And so instead of like coming up with clear ideas, you know, what if I rely more on the flow of the discussion and, uh, and, and it's a different cheer. Yeah. It's a different cheer than what I would have given if I had, uh, had super clear ideas. Uh, but it would have been beneficial just in a different way. And, you know, so I, as I was falling asleep, I was just thinking about all of these things that are these minor obstacles. The first step is to not shoot yourself with that second arrow, because again, once you shoot yourself with that second arrow, then that, like Tarbrox says, the mind tightens and we see things only from one perspective. Um, and so just deciding this is not a problem, that's the first step, that, that's the pause, that's the pulling yourself out of it. Then the realization that if I'm going to suffer, it's because I'm shooting this arrow into myself. Then it's the obstacle is the way. Then it's looking for the um, looking for for what this can be, what, what opportunities, how can this impediment to action advance action? And then realizing that I'm not being harmed. And I'm just, obviously, insomnia is really not a big harm. You know, it's not something that you actually think you're being harmed by in most cases. Uh, obviously, easier said than done to apply this to real difficulties in life. But look, I, again, I said this at the beginning, you have to practice in the small area, you know, in, the, in the small cases, small examples, in order to be able to apply it to the real problems in life and to practice. You know, that's what we're practicing for. We're practicing for um, for the, 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 the really terrible things uh, or the things that present themselves as terrible. And then there's this, and then there's this other uh, example of it is that, uh, you know, I, here I was stressing out about like, oh, I, I have to deliver this idea perfectly because it is a, a basic stoic idea. And like, maybe there are people I'm, I'm weaving all these narratives that, that maybe there are people who are only like finding out about this podcast for the first time. And like, I have to present it perfectly. It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous how, how, how many arrows I'm shooting in, <laughs> into myself about this narrative. And look, let's, let's, okay, let's go back. Let's do a callback to, to, uh, last season, you know, uh, what is the, um, the imagery that I had for myself for my, uh, overworking? It was the iron archer, you know, the archer who feels like he needs to keep on shooting arrows and hitting the targets. And when you ask him why he says, I keep, because I keep, because I need to hit the targets. Uh, it's, uh, it's good imagery that, uh, that, that the archer, that that archer is shooting arrows into myself, shooting second arrows into myself. So, so I can't control the first arrows. Uh, I might not be able to control the insomnia, but I can control how I, I respond to it. So I'm not going to apologize if that was scattered. It is what it is. And uh, I hope that it was beneficial. Uh, that is it for today's, uh, today's episode. If you've gained from what you've learned here, please consider contributing to my Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Rabbi Schneeweiss. Alternatively, if you would like to make a direct contribution to the Rabbi Schneeweiss Torah content fund, my Venmo is at Matt-Schneeweiss. Um, and my Zelle and PayPal are matchschneeweiss at gmail.com. Uh, even a small contribution goes a long way to covering the cost of my podcast and will provide me with the financial freedom to produce even more Torah content for you. And I was reminded of the um, of the you know the small cost. So let's say, for example, like just the way that the, the cost thing is set up here. You know, I relaunched my Michelet podcast. It was on archive mode where I was paying five dollars uh, per month. But in order to to relaunch it for these two weeks of sheer, uh, it's going to be at least thirty six dollars minimum. But I think it's going to be more than that. Um, 
And same thing with the, with the, uh, the Ramam, the Kios podcast, you know, so like, you know, when you give, you know, p- people have, you know, contributed and said like, oh, it's $30 uh, something. Yeah, it's something you, you, you pay $36, you allow Michelet to go on for, uh, for, for a, uh, for a month, you know, and, and that's just in terms of the cost of the actual uh, podcast themselves. Uh, that's, that's not even covering the cost of what I would need to be, uh, uh, doing to tutor for, um, you know, for, if it weren't for your support. So I thank you. And if, if, uh, uh, I forgot where I was in my script here. If you'd like to sponsor a day's or a week's worth of content, or if you are interested in enlisting my services as a teacher or a tutor, you can reach me at rabbishnegos at gmail.com. Oh, also, you know, I, I don't know, I don't think I'm going to put this in. I'm just thinking about this because uh, another thing that I want to maybe start doing this year again is, um, you know, in my when I taught at Shell Hevet, I used to uh, do I used to do men, be the mentor for new teachers, and it's funny because like I always entertain this idea of of, you know, maybe I should do this professionally, you know, and, and, uh, you know, talk to administrations of schools and, um, and offer to, to observe their new teachers and to meet with them and, and strategize with them about how to, uh, you know, um, improve in classroom management or in their teaching techniques. Um, and I could never do it because I would have to, as a high school teacher, I would have to leave my own classes to go to another school. But right now I'm in a situation this year where so far my mornings after my Michelin year are free. So, if you know anyone who needs a uh, is looking for a teaching mentor, uh, then uh, I guess uh, I'm I'm I theoretically available, and I love doing that. So, yeah. All right. Anyway, sorry. I just uh, had that idea. Had to express it. Uh, thank you to my listeners for listening, and thank you to my readers for reading, and thank you to my supporters for supporting my efforts to make Torah ideas available and accessible to everyone.